Welcome to the Courage Matters Podcast with inspirational speaker, author, and creator of the Courageous Life Planning System, Michael Anthony. I'm Aaron Thomas, Executive Director of Courage Matters, and in this special podcast series, we're covering 30 days of crushing your goals, removing false limits, and unleashing your potential. Is technology your servant or your master? Technology has rapidly changed the way we live our lives. Today, we break down how technology affects our daily lives and how we can use it as a tool to propel us towards success. For better or worse, it's something we need to develop a healthy attitude toward. We hope you enjoy episode 25. Hey guys, welcome back to day 25 of the 30 Days of Crushing Your Goals podcast series. As always, Michael Anthony, pleasure to be here with you. Good to be here with Pleasure to have you with me. A plus, Aaron Thomas, good to be here with you. And it's great to have our listening and viewing audience with us too. It's great. If you're listening and not you're watching the podcast, it's because we haven't yet released the, the videos for them. But we will be doing that as well. So Coming soon. A, you can watch or listen however you'd like to and forward them to friends, post them on social media, do all kinds of stuff, by all means, to be selfless in your goal setting and achievement process. 30 yeah. days, crushing your goals, unleashing your potential. Yeah. So speaking of social media, today mm-hmm. is all about how can we use our smartphone wisely? Something that I'm particularly mm-hmm. interested in because I am a millennial and we grew up yeah. with this tech world and i think it's it's important to realize that technology is a tool yep and if you abuse that tool it's not a tool anymore i remember mm-hmm. I, I was doing an interview with a guy and he mentioned about your smartphone your smartphone is a tool so just like any kind of craftsman say a welder mm-hmm. his welding torch his face mask it's a tool mm-hmm. if you're a builder your hammer is your tool. He, he related it back to some people while they're going to the bathroom, they're on their phone. So mm-hmm. think of it if a builder mm-hmm. was in the bathroom with this hammer, how weird that would be, right? Right. Or if you're wearing a welding mask, it's a tool. Big but a lot, I feel a, a lot of people abuse that as a mm-hmm. tool or they don't use it as a tool. They use right. it as a, as a way mm-hmm. to escape. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to kind of get your thoughts mm-hmm. on where do you think technology fits into mm-hmm. current life, mm-hmm. the 21st century? Well, I'm going to say something shocking in a moment, and then um, we'll move forward with some other intriguing stuff that you can uh, think about and will help you navigate through the whole objective of making sure you're achieving your goals. That's what we mean, that's what we mean when we say crushing your goals. But before I, before I say that even, um, you know, I, I talk about some of this in my book, uh, A Call for Courage, Living with Power, Truth, and Love in an Age of Intolerance and Fear, and the use of gadgetry, that the average teenager now, they've done studies the average teenager spends at least eight hours, more than nine hours every day, every day in front of a screen of some sort, texting, gaming, computer, television, nine hours. It's more time than they spend sleeping. Wow. And it's no coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence at all that teen suicide and teen depression is at an all-time high in the United States at this particular time. In other words, when something happens, you need to ask yourself, why is it happening and why is it happening now? Why is it happening, who's it happening to, and why is it happening now? I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's a reflection. It's a symptom. I think the 
the higher suicide and depression rates among teens are a symptom or a byproduct of what has caused it. Hmm. And what has caused it is we're alone together. You go to a restaurant, you see everybody texting. You know, I remember being at a restaurant with my cousin one time and my nephews and nieces were at a table with their friends and they were all texting each other. Hmm. Like not as a joke, they were all having a conversation because it was a big table and they couldn't necessarily uh, immediately interact. But instead of talking to the person uh, right across from you or beside you, texting each other. So what's happened is we're alone together as a society. We are communicating and more de detracted, more distracted than ever before. I did promise that I was going to um, say something that was a little bit startling. And I want to say that right now, that in Sweden right now, younger people are getting implants, microchip implants to replace credit cards and the use of passwords and things of that sort to such a degree that the chip implant companies cannot keep up with it. Wow. Why is that happening now? Why are they demanding it? The demand is out um, running um, or uh, this, this, the supply cannot keep up with the demand for these chip implants, microchip implants. Why is that happening now? I think our society, notice we don't have a smartphone with us right here. It's good to be distraction free, right? I think our society has now been prepped. We've been prepared for the introduction of technology to actually become part of human physiology in a way that would have been unthinkable five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Why is that? Because we see technology as being so beneficial and so inseparable from us. You, you talked about people being on a smartphone when, when they're in the bathroom, people being on a smartphone all the time. The technology has become so integrated to our lives that younger people especially see it as a disadvantage to be disconnected. They want it to be integrated. So we're actually probably over the next five to 20 years, 20 years seems like an eternity. Over the next five to 20 years, we are going to see, and in Sweden it's already happening, a de-evolution, uh, I, I said that on purpose, of the human species where it's now merged with technology in an inseparable way. And I go so far as to think this, if you can follow this through to where it leads, right? We're so used to using Google to get our information. And we assume so much is true on Google that may or may not be true. If it has a credible looking website, credible source, we hear all this stuff about fake news and real news <laughs> and we've un understood a lot these past couple of years. What would be the natural progression if you think about that? What would be the natural progression instead of me having to go on a device and access information, instead of me having to go on a computer and access laptop, tablet, 70% of um, websites now are viewed on a mobile device, not on a computer. If the objective, you know, you just naturally become accustomed to speed, got to get more done more quickly, ease of use, ease of accessibility. What's the natural progression from that? What would you think, Aaron? I think that we're going to lose our deep thinking. Mm -hmm. Lose your deep thinking and who wants to carry around something externally? If it can you? just be built into me, if that why not? So Google's working on skin, the ability to put skin on what? On 
cyborgs, yeah, on non-human entities that are a combination of human, organic and inorganic. When you start putting chip implants in, and people are accustomed to a piece of technology being part of the human body, it's kind of like this. When I was uh, traveling back from speaking, and I was on the plane, I sat happened to sit down next to a NASA astrophysicist sat down next to him and we got into a, a great discussion he was a avowed atheist but he was the most friendly atheist i've met and i know that i'm being stereotypical there i, I know that i am I, I'm, I'm saying that in regard to those of you who you might be a person of faith you might have an attitude well somebody's an atheist they're immediately nasty or rude that's just so stereotypical, right? He was a very friendly guy. We had a great conversation. He shared freely about what he believed about atheism. I shared freely about what I believed about faith, exchanged cards, and we talked about the evolution of society. <laughs> and um, we got into artificial intelligence. And he said, you know, actually, um, 10, 20 years from now, we will... We will have evolved to the point where we will have artificial intelligence. We will have non-organic um, mechanisms operating in our body. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, oh, let's take the liver, for example, which purifies your blood. They can now use nanobots, nanorobots injected into the bloodstream that are microscopic to perform, now they haven't perfected it yet, but they're working on perfecting this, mm. to perform the same blood purification processes that the liver <coughs> accomplishes. The same purification processes that the liver pro does and, and to do it better, to mm. do it more effectively. So what are you doing? You're removing the, the idea of potential for liver cancer, all kinds of blood disorders, because if you can do it better than the body does it. So I said, do you think that's a good thing? He said, absolutely, that's a, that's a wonderful thing for him as somebody who has a different worldview, right. a different lens through which he sees the world, that's seen as a, an amazing thing. But let me take this further with the idea of when I asked you, where do you think this leads? <coughs> well, where it leads is, is here. Instead of me carrying around a device that's outside of myself to access information, what if I was directly hooked up to that information where I could, in my mind, interact, interface with a gadget that was inserted into me that was not external, but it was not part of me. And I don't have to worry about losing it or anything. I could just immediately access. In some sense, people would think, I might be watching this a couple of years from now and think, well, of course, that's a great thing. Now, what if what was available on the cloud or the information base from where you're getting your information was determined by a group of people other than yourself. <laughs> Suppose I wanted to look up what a tree is. I mean, it can be done already on an external device, but all we're talking about is then taking that external device, implanting it into the body someplace so that you don't have to carry it around. It becomes part of you. Um, what if, for example, I want to look up what a tree is and I look up on Google, what is a tree? And they show me four pictures and they say, these are the trees that exist, an oak tree, a walnut tree, a maple tree, and a fig tree. These are trees. There are four types of trees that exist. 
And we look at that now and we say, oh, that's crazy, man. We know there's a lot more trees right. than that. Well, how do you know that? Because you are familiar with the knowledge base. Right. But if somebody determines what the knowledge base is, then your knowledge base is going to be limited based on the knowledge that you have access to. Right. So it is a great way. I talk about this in A Call for Courage, in my book, A Call for Courage. I expand on this more. If what you have access to is limited, if what you can learn is limited, then what you can teach becomes limited. And it becomes a cycle of reinforcing whatever it is that you want to be reinforced, whatever it is that you want to be emphasized. So instead of me understanding that there are thousands upon thousands of trees and shrubs and vegetation, if I only know that there are four, then what I believe, not just what I have access to, but actually what I believe has been controlled. Right. So it's an amazing way to exercise mind control without actually in a in a sci-fi way controlling people's minds if you limit what people have access to you limit what people can think and if you limit what people can think then you will affect what their behavior Hmm. you will affect their behavior so we're at a place now where smart technology has paved the way for us it has paved the way for us to think less and to fall in line with what whoever it is wants us to believe right and i think i think you bring up a great point that they can i think we're already at that point where they they can start controlling what information is out there and what mm-hmm. information is being consumed you hear it all the time about censorship but right. I, again i feel like we're we're already there because even though that we're not having chips implanted into our bodies yet mm-hmm. we have devices like apple airpods Right. They have now a feature that you can say, hey, Siri, mm-hmm. and it activates Siri. Mm-hmm. So instead of me thinking for myself, say I have a question. Say I have a, a question like to your tree point. Mm-hmm. What? How many different types of trees or history? Mm-hmm. What happened history in World War Two? It's huge. And Siri can tell me that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, we, my, my generation, especially, mm-hmm. we just hear one thing and we take that as truth. Right. And we don't think deeply and we don't mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Siri, who won this? Mm-hmm. Or who did that? Or tell mm-hmm. me about this. Mm-hmm. Well, if Siri's being programmed to only give yeah. me a certain amount of information. That's right. And I can just get that information from saying, hey, Siri, rather than coming to a person and right. saying, hey, Mike, let's actually have, or Alexa, or Google. I mean, there's so many virtual assistants and AIs out there. And that's right now. Can you imagine five years from now? Yeah. I mean, just to see the advancement that happened in the last five years, Mm -hmm. it blows my mind. It's it's absolutely, it is mind-blowing. And think about Facebook, right? Facebook has determined, you know, determines, well, this violates our policies. (laughs) Google, YouTube violates our policies. So when we say they, who is they? They can be a variety of sources. Mm-hmm. Now we're so used to using Facebook, so used to using Google, so used to using YouTube, we have voluntarily surrendered the certainty or at least the highest probability of getting truth for the sake of convenience 
wasn't even a, a fire shot, was there? It's, mm -hmm. A revolution has taken place in <laughs> regard to how information is gathered yeah. without anybody laying down their life. It's fascinating. Yeah. So with all that being said, obviously we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We mm -hmm. don't want to say that, oh, all technology is bad. That's right. The fact that people are listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. people are watching this podcast right. is a result of technology. Watching on, listening on a smartphone, right. tab, tablet, computer, absolutely. So let's, let's talk about how we can actually use that smartphone wisely mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. not let it control us, but we, we control it. It's a tool that we control. Right. So what are some things, especially relating back to goal setting, mm -hmm. that we can use our smartphone as a tool and benefit from Great it? Question. Great question. Well, first of all, you know, the whole idea behind the Courageous Life Planning System, we don't want you walking around with a notebook in your backpack, in your in your satchel, in your purse. I mean, if you want to, certainly you can. You're not going to be carrying around your legacy blueprint, your life organizer, wherever you go. You're not going to be carrying around these three journals. They're journals that are supposed to be someplace accessible where you have your daily time where you're starting the day, ending the day. That's where you, you keep these things for reference, right? They are analog, meaning old school, um, on purpose. We have intentionally, because of the studies that have come out about being distracted and detracted and how, how um, the increased use of electronic gadgetry and technology has decreased deep thinking. So the idea is to have a revival of deep thinking, hmm. not to simply go along with what you're being told. Four trees, not that you're just going along with that, but that you're actually thinking for yourself and learning how to make decisions for yourself, which is one of the, if, if you can do that today, if you can do that 20 years from now, five years from now, you're gonna be so much further ahead of the crowd that's just going um, along with the flow, right? Hmm. The idea is to help you think deeply, I'm not using an electronic device. I'm thinking about my life. I'm thinking about the year. I'm, I'm reverse engineering to uh, I'm, I'm looking backward and evaluating before I move forward and I'm setting my goals and then I'm executing them seven day increments, a seven day revolution, that daily success journal. Right. That's the whole idea. But if you're not walking around with these and you're setting goals, then how are you going to know what your goals are? How are you going to know what your appointments are? That's when you should be using your smartphone. Mm -hmm. The whole idea is that the purpose of the way the Courageous Life Planning System is designed is to get you to think deeply and to make a determination for yourself as the pilot of your own plane, your brain, your mind, your life, the only life you're going to get this side of forever. By the time it makes it into your smartphone or your computer or your tablet, by the time it makes its way into a mobile whatever it is that you're carrying in your bag or in your hand or in your pocket you know that you know that you know it deserves to be there it has earned the right to be there don't walk around just go from appointment to appointment just scheduling it just because somebody else tells you it needs to be there or because you think it needs to be there the whole idea is that you want to be highly mobile but you also want to be highly effective in crushing your goals and unleashing your potential and living as the best version of yourself, making the most use of your time. Mm -hmm. So you map it out, you think deeply with the analog, with the old school. That's why there's been a revival in journals, you know, written journals, non-electronic uh, old school devices, right? It That's the way you think deeply. But the way you would live smartly is to then use your smartphone to be highly mobile. 
if it's in my phone, it deserves to be there. I've thought it through. Mm-hmm. It is moving me forward toward my lifetime, my long-term goals. It deserves to be there. Let, so. Let's talk about that real quick. So I feel like, do you, do you think that technology has helped us become more busier? Because I, I think back, not that I can remember, but mm-hmm. the, I, I believe that there was a time where you would be in communication with someone trying to schedule a get together, schedule an event and be like, I, I don't know, let me get back to you. Let me check my calendar. Mm-hmm. But now we live in such an instantaneous society that I can pull out my smartphone and tell you right now and there, yeah, I don't have a little dot on my calendar. Mm-hmm. I'm available. Let's book it. Right. So how, how can we rediscover the mm-hmm. art of not just putting dots in my calendar because I'm free, right. but before I even put an appointment in my calendar, I need right. to make sure that it's in line with my legacy right. and my yearly goals. Right. Well, just because you have open time in your schedule, as you see it on your smartphone, doesn't mean you have to fill it. Smartphones are one of the biggest um, um, perpetrators, the, the, the most significant fuel factors in the human doing cycle uh, any other uh, technology or um, oh, I'm failing words are failing me any other technology that's available to us or any other invention okay. just because you've got open space in your phone doesn't mean oh I can just do it there it's, it's, I, I got time to kill you got time to kill are you kidding me <laughs> uh, you don't have any time Your to time's kill. gonna kill you right what you can do in your smartphone is that you can have time that you block out to make sure that it's blocked out to do what? To only be used for those things that you realize you want them preserved for to prioritize your lifetime, your long-term goals. So that when somebody says, hey, I'm free uh, for breakfast at 8.30, I could do breakfast. You already know because you blocked it out. Even though you don't have anything specifically planned yet, you blocked it out that you don't do breakfast at 8.30 because that's one of your prime times mm-hmm. for what? To maybe write out your goals, maybe to dig your well, maybe mm-hmm. to work on one of your areas of life. That's right? a great point. You haven't scheduled it yet, but you made an appointment with yourself to be determined, TBD, to be determined. So the times that are free on your phone are free times for what? For things that come up that are valuable, meetings, relationship time, whatever it might be that is specifically slated for those tasks. And that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's important to use your, your smartphone wisely in that regard so that it becomes an asset to you. It becomes something that helps you do what? It's all about prioritizing your life vision, your life purpose. It's all about prioritizing your focus filter. It's about prioritizing your life legacy, creating a masterpiece mosaic in light of the fact that your time is limited, you'll never get it back. So if you use your smartphone in that regard, the technology becomes a a tool for wisdom. You're you're wisely using your smartphone to do what? To prioritize what is genuinely most important because you've thought it through. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. How would you say that we can basically revitalize and resurrect the idea of critical thinking? Do you think that we've gotten so far off the path that there's no point of return? Mm-hmm. Or is there a way that we can basically have this movement that mm-hmm. technology is good if you use it as a tool, mm-hmm. but if you're abusing it, it's not, and it could completely right. train wreck your life. Right. How do we help people rediscover 
Well, here's a problem that I recognize with our boys. They're 15 and they're 13, very good critical thinkers. We homeschool them. And uh, that doesn't mean that homeschooling is the only way. But my wife and I just realized that if we ignore our kids, they're going to go away. Somebody else is going to teach them. Somebody else is going to educate them. Somebody else is going to give them values. Like AI. Yeah, like, like AI. If you're on a smartphone, if you're on a device, if your screen time is more time than you spend sleeping, which is the case for most teenagers now, today, and what's happening in Sweden is a microcosm, an example of what we're going to see on a global basis where people say, give me that technology. I want it in me. I don't want it on me. I want it in me. That you're constantly being bombarded and told what to think, what to believe, and then limited. Think about Facebook, right? If Facebook has certain community standards where certain information cannot be shared, what have they just done? They've limited the kind of information that anybody who uses that can get to do what? To come to conclusions, to believe, and then to act in a certain way. Now, sometimes that can be good, right? <laughs> sometimes it can be good. You don't want people to act in certain ways because it can be detrimental. Other times, though, it can sound like it's good and it might not be good. That's for a discussion on another day. But it's, it's really, really important to, um, to understand the limitations of technology and the ability to think critically. So we tell our boys, getting back to this question that you asked, which is a great one. You guys are going to have it really tough, much tougher than your mom and me, because it's lonely at the top. Mm. If you are a critical thinker and you think for yourself... And the best way to develop critical thinking is to continually practice it, continually uh, ask questions when you're with your children to help them think, why do you think that's the case over there? Why do you think that this is priced this way? What do you think would happen if the government passes a law about this? What's the consequences of that? Helping them continually, forcing them to think it through. And you'll be able to do that, you know, um, right. or liberally as you have kids. But when you think about it, in communist revolutions what was one of the first things that happened in germany when hitler came to power what happened on kristallnacht it wasn't just jews who were rounded up it was also scholars teachers professors yeah. thought leaders pastors Anybody who was a leader, adept at critical thinking, was booted. Yeah. It happened in um, the Chinese Revolution, the Russian Revolution. You know, we think about the six million Jews who were killed in the Holocaust. Lenin, not John Lenin, Vladimir Lenin, the uh, leader in Russia. Um, excuse me, not Lenin, uh, Stalin. Mm -hmm. Joseph Stalin, responsible for... 20 million people killed. 20 million people killed. I mean, that's incomprehensible, right? Yeah. The first thing that happens is the people who are the thought leaders, the people who are the independent thinkers, the people who other people follow are taken out of the picture. And so we've had to help our kids understand, you know, it's, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. We want to help you think for yourself, but you also have to understand that it's not the battle of the fittest. It's not. It's a numbers game. Whoever has the most people aligned to a cause, that's what's going to eventually get the upper hand. So the less critical thinkers you have, mm -hmm. the less thought leaders you have, 
the more people who are not critical thinkers there are, and the more they can be swayed and persuaded by whatever information is disseminated through whatever means, right? and then mobilized to do what? We've seen it already in this country, where the 1% who have the wealth are demonized as if they're bad. Never mind about how much they give in philanthropic efforts. Never mind how many jobs they create. Never mind how much uh, they do with their money. We always want to villainize those people who have money who are extreme and selfish. But I know people who are millionaires who are incredibly selfless and sacrificial. Absolutely. Once you demonize a group of people and people don't people no longer understand why. They just have come to the conclusion those people are already mobilized. So we're living at a, a very interesting tipping point time in the country and in the world where although it's important to be a critical thinker, an independent thinker, it also puts you in the overwhelming minority of people where you are grossly outnumbered, where logic and genuine education and reasoning might not win the day. It's yeah. happened before and history repeats itself. Yeah. So I want to end with this. Let's uh, take it back to goal setting. What are three ways mm -hmm. that we can use technology to help move us forward in our goal achieving mm -hmm. journey? Great, great question. Number one, rein in your use of smart technology so you're using it wisely, that it's a tool it doesn't, and it doesn't enslave you. You should have technology-free times in the course of your day, when you're eating, when you're having meals together. Uh, when you come home, unless you have a phone that needs to be on for people to be able to contact you because of the nature of the work that you have, and most of us don't have that kind of a job, we, we think we're more important than we are, put your device away, disconnect. Instead of FaceTime that's virtual, engage in real FaceTime. So set parameters on when and how much you use your, that device is on you and accessible. That's the most important thing right. you can do. Because otherwise it just, it just slips, it just creeps. It creeps into our lives, right? Mm -hmm. we, we begin to think, oh, I need to watch, I need to see that, I need to check this. You probably don't, right? right? And Tim Ferriss in his book, uh, Four Hour Work Week, has done a great job on that in terms of when you check email. Check so email, that's yeah, it's huge. The other thing that you can do is to in your weekly tea time where you're setting your goals where you're reviewing your goals and you're you're setting your agenda your schedule for the course that week that's when you get out your smartphone your tablet your computer and you put it into your into your device intentionally because it deserves to be there but you've already thought it through in terms of your mosaic your lifetime legacy your long-term goals that's a great time where you review and then you get out your device and then you sit down with your new device and you plug it in in that regard. And then um, through the course of the day, you're checking when you need to check and you're using your schedule, you're, you're living your schedule intentionally because you've thought through, you've thought it through deeply. You've, you've thought through with intentionality. So the, the device is actually serving you instead of you being a slave to the device. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, you know, when you go to bed at night, uh, the third thing I would say, when you go to bed at night, you should not end the day uh, like a fool with your smartphone. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't do that. And you should also not start your day. First thing you do is you reach for your smartphone and you do what to check what? Man, the, the <laughs> most important thing you can do is to be that person who's reconnecting to your God consciously and preparing for your day to really be present. 
Hmm. So those are a couple of things I think that we can do to use the smart technology so that it actually serves us yeah. and benefits us to do what? To think deeply, to prioritize your masterpiece mosaic so that you do crush your goals and unleash your potential uh, as a person who is living, I would say, with power and with truth and with love in an age of intolerance and fear. Because that's that's really, I think, the way society is going. Yeah, there. I love it. I love it. Such an important conversation to have because, again, tech technology is it's always innovating. It's always getting better. It's always becoming Absolutely. more and more part of our lives. So, mm-hmm. knowing how to actually think through how to use it properly and, and not teaching your children and that's a huge one too it make sure that you're setting that example for your kids that you're not being alone together with them mm-hmm. i mean parent parents like I, I see it all the time parents yeah. are just as guilty as teenagers Absolutely. as using their phone and not giving them the face-to-face interaction that mm-hmm. they need so again it's a cycle so be that mm-hmm. example for your kids and make sure that uh you Absolutely. you make them aware of the boundaries and set those boundaries for them. Absolutely. Great, great point. Great point. Well, uh, glad that you're able to join us today on the podcast and uh, make sure you contact us, info at couragematters.com. Send your question or your comment, suggestion for anything and um, on social media to share the podcast on social media. Connect with us on social media, um, whether it's on Instagram or on Facebook, you can connect with me at at the official Michael Anthony, at the official Michael Anthony. Don't forget the, the word the. And um, who knows, your comment, your question, your suggestion might be something that we mention. We give you a shout out if you'd like us to. And it could change boatloads of lives, not just your life as well. So great to be with you again, Aaron. Thanks for doing a great job. Absolutely. Great conversation. Yeah, man. Thanks for for joining us, everybody. God bless you. Keep looking up. There's no place else worth looking and keep moving forward. We hope you enjoyed today's Courage Matters podcast, along with other podcasts in this series, 30 Days of Achieving Goals and Unleashing Your Potential. Why not share this podcast and this series with a friend who could use a lift? And if you're looking to take your life to the next level, you'll love the new Courageous Life Planning System. It'll walk you through a proven process to help you set and achieve great goals, live with no limits, and unleash your greatest potential. No other goal achievement system gives you so much to positively revolutionize your life. It'll help you set and achieve lifetime and long-term goals so that your dreams become a reality one day at a time. To get your Courageous Life Planning System, download the free Courage Matters app or visit CourageousLifeSystem.com. That's CourageousLifeSystem.com. It's your time to soar.